during times of suffering, we have one overriding question um, that does take place. And the question is, is, is God in control? I mean, as we see chaos um, take place uh, around the world and around the United States and around our homes, we do ask the question, is God in control or has he lost it? Uh, the book of Dro Job uh, completely addresses on whether God is in control. In fact, that's what the book is about. It's about suffering and it's about is God in control or is God not in control? And the first two chapters, you'll definitely see that uh, God is in charge. He's the one that brought it up to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? In other words, I'm in control. He's mine. And I'm going to have a conversation with you about Job. And uh, let's talk about him. And what's Job's or, uh, Satan's response? Satan's response is, um, I can't touch him, God. Um, you are in control. You uh, protect him. You have a shield around him. And therefore, I can't have him unless you let me have him. And uh, what does God say? Well, how about if I let you uh, take him? Let you take him and let your sick mind do what your sick mind does. And uh, do whatever you want except don't kill him. But just know that as you're working with him, uh, you'll be completely under my control. In other words, you'll be a, a puppet, Satan, to accomplish exactly what um, I want to accomplish in this world. And therefore, I'll just give you uh, Job for the simple pur purpose of of doing you want, but for me to really get a point across. So yes, the first two chapters says, yeah, God is completely entirely in control as he orchestrated everything. But also all the way through the book, um, the question still arises, is God in control? 36 chapters, Job has a dialogue with his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And uh, what's their topic? What are they talking about? They're talking about, is, is God really in control? In fact, the overriding statement that Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar have is um, God's not really in control. Job, you are in control. In fact, what God is, is God's just a, a puppet that um, if you behave correctly, he'll give exactly what you want. In fact, if you do exactly what you're supposed to do, uh, then God will be working for you. Let's look at some comments that Eliphaz says. Eliphaz says, whoever being innocent has ever perished. Job, if you're innocent, you wouldn't perish. So Job, if you're not innocent, you're going to perish. You see, Job, it's your decision on whether you're going to perish or not. It's your decision whether you're going to suffer or not. God's not in control. It's, it's actually in your hands. Eliphaz's advice was wrong. As we know through Scripture, at the end of Scripture, it's completely wrong. But Bildad also had the same advice as him. Again, says, if you are pure and right, even now God will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your rightful place. So here's Bildad saying the same thing Eliphaz is saying, is that you can actually control God with your um, behavior. You can actually rouse God. He'll come after you. He'll restore you to where you want to be if your behavior is acceptable to him. See, a conversation of control is coming up again. And uh, he's not the only one because they all talked about control. Zophar talked about control as well, saying the exact same thing. Job, if you devote your heart to God and stretch out your hand to him, if you put away your sin that is in your hand, and allow no evil to dwell in your tent. Then your life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. In other words, Job, stretch out your hand, and your suffering's over. But if you don't, your suffering will, will continue. In fact, Job, put away your sin, and your suffering will be over. If you don't, your suffering will continue. Don't allow evil to dwell in your tent. If you do, the suffering's going to continue to happen. But if you don't, it will continue. See, it's just a, a, a statement that God is not the one who's in control, that we are in control. But then at the end of the book, we see 
God take the stage. And what's he going to talk about? Of course, he's going to talk about his control because he's carried it all the way through. So chapters 38 through 41, he gets a download on his control. We're not going to go through all the details of his download on his control, but we are going to see Job's response to his control. What is his response? Job 42, 1 through 6, is here's Job's response after God has given his control. Then Job replied, I know that you can do all things. No plans of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard you, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I despise myself, and repent in dust and ashes. Job said three major things in the first three verses. First thing he said is, God, you are in control. Number two, uh, verse Job 42.2 says, I know that you can do all things. All power is yours. All control is yours. The next thing that Job says is, is that your plan will happen no matter what we do. No matter what takes place. You have a plan. You have a desire. It's going to happen. says that in Job 42.2 as well. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. The third thing that Job says is, God, you're in control is number one. God, your plan is going to happen. And nobody knows what is really going on but you. Job 42.3 says, You asked, Who is this obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. So as we're walking through this um, virus, the coronavirus, as we're walking through this suffering as individuals, as families, um, as a nation, uh, what is the challenge in the book of Job? Um, I think we can take Job's response to God, and, uh, and we, I think we could make that um, our specific challenge as we walk through it. And uh, the challenge would be, God is in control, and we need to relax on him. Whenever we suffer, we're actually trying to calm our situation down, try to fix our circumstance, try to do everything we can to make sure that our suffering does not take place. So we do look for the most powerful source that we can find, because we do want to be in control, and one of the most powerful sources is the government. And uh, we look at the government, and we ask the question, were they proactive enough? Uh, we ask the question, are they going to get these test kits out? Or are they not going to get these test kits out? Um, what's going to take place um, in regards to the quarantine issues? And, and uh, are these quarantine issues going to be effective? You see, the government does have some control because they can make some decisions that are over us. And we do look to them. Um, we look to them for a vaccine. Uh, when is this vaccine going to take place? When is this vaccine going to happen? Um, as we are suffering, we are grasping um, for control to get it rooted out of our lives. Um, is this limit of 250? Oh, it's actually now 50. Oh, no, it's actually now 10. Is this limit of us connecting together, gathering together? Is this going to be enough? Is shutting the schools going to be down? Down? Is it, is it going to be enough? And oh my goodness, um, the market is going to crash. And how is the government going to take control of that? Because we're not only suffering with, a, um, with the virus, we're suffering with a market that is possibly going to um, crash and go into a recession. So now yeah, let's lower interest rates. So what's taking place is everybody's grasping for control. And they're really looking at the news to try to see um, if the government can make changes to what is going to take place. Now, as we're looking towards the government to help us out, I will tell you that there's often a lot of fretting. There's a lot of worries. There's a lot of anxiety. Uh, there's a lot of judgment. We see the judgment in our hearts, but we also see the judgment in the news. 
um, just in a sense that they're not proactive enough. They're not doing it enough. They're not working hard enough. They need to work harder. They need to do more. Things need to be done. Do you see the anxiety that can grow when we grasp for, for control rather than God? Um, Job, when he was in a suffering, he says, you know, I just got to give all control to God. And I got to let go. I got to let go of my worry. I got to let go of my anxiety. I got to let go of my judgment. And just say, God, you're in control, and I got to survive that. The next thing that, um, that Job um, hung on to is, God, you're in control, and your plan is going to happen um, under any circumstances. Um, as we face this virus, our thoughts are often consumed with, and even our statements are consumed with, is this is not good. This is absolutely not good. Look at the book of Job again. The book of Job, you can see that God only gave Satan enough rope to hang himself. Um, God was in control the whole time. He did let Satan have Job, but he gave him parameters, told him when to stop, told him when to go, and, uh, and controlled him. In the coronavirus, God is only going to give Satan enough rope um, to hang himself. In other words, God's perfect plan is going to happen um, under any circumstances. And Satan has a plan to kill, destroy, devour, and deceive, deceive and deceive. God has a plan is to seek and save the lost, come that they may have life and life to the fullest destroy the devil's works throughout the ages god has always used satan to complete his plan in fact even first corinthians 2 talks about that if the evil powers and satan is um his demons knew that um the cross um was um, going to literally destroy them um, they would have never even done it they would have never even killed jesus if they understood god's plan they would have prevented the death to happen because they saw that god's plan uh was good and as a result they were destroyed through it Erwin Letzer wrote a book called God's Devil. Um, God's Devil in the sense that God and Satan are not in a duel. God is, um, Satan is on a leash and God um, has a hold of him. And he will um, complete only, um, in God will use Satan to complete what he wants to accomplish. Um, God wants um, salvations to take place. He wants us to repent. He wants us uh, to pray. He wants us on our knees. And, uh, and as Satan is on this leash, I'll tell you, are we on our knees? Are we repenting? Are we finding salvation? Are we being at rest? Are we not being anxious? Um, God is, is watching the church, is watching us in this process. And, and uh, there is a mission in mind, and we don't know what it is. Um, but we can look at the entire picture uh, from God and say, is it good? Well, God, if you're good, then after it's all said and done, God, whatever it's going to be, we don't see it now. But God, it can be good. God is in control. God's plans will happen. And nobody knows what is really gonna, is going on except God. See, what happens is that God thinks, um, thinks differently than we do. Uh, God takes salvation as much a priority over comfort. Eternal glory is a priority over temporal pain. Influence is a priority over peace. And character is a priority over suffering. As God is looking at things that are taking place, I think he is observing us. He's observing the salvations that are happening as a result of the coronavirus. We've heard of many salvations that have taken place. And, and I think God is looking down. Who is turning, breaking their knee, and being saved? He's observing those who are trusting him. He's looking at his believers to say, is my believers really hanging on to me? Or are they hanging on to something else? Hanging on to their health? Are they hanging on to their wealth? Are they hanging on to... Um, and the, the government, what are they hanging on to? Are they really trusting me? I think this is what God is observing in all of us. God is also observing the church, his response to their closures. 
Um, he's keeping an eye on the church. All of a sudden, the church is, is not taking place on a weekend basis. Uh, but what's taking place inside of people's hearts? Are people still responding to God as a result of the church not taking place? Uh, God is watching. God is observing. God is observing the pastor's hearts. I mean, I just to be honest, since you know, as we're we're pastors, you know, all of a sudden we're not doing church. All of a sudden, the income is not gonna, is not coming in. Um, he's observing those pastors' hearts. He is wondering: is the pastor really hanging on to uh, what he's supposed to be hanging on to, or is he hanging specifically on to God with this? He's observing other b- believers' commitments to him. He's observing believers' foundation that they stand on, that they rest on. Um, Job's response at the end was, My ears had heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. God um, is doing something, and we don't even know uh, what it is. He knows exactly um, what he's doing. I don't know um, what you're doing, God. We can say, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I know that what you're doing and what you're allowing is is okay. That's what is what Job said through his suffering. And I'm no longer hearing things about you. I'm now tasting you. I'm now loving you. I'm now embracing you. I'm now seeing you. This is what um, happened as a result of Job's suffering. He was literally driven towards God in an intimate, deeper relationship. And the challenge would be in the book of Job is that uh, that we would too.